Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. So today we're going to talk about resentment and how it, gosh, you guys, I want to say it's going to kill you. Because <laughs> we is. just talked about it, cancer. It absolutely it kills you. <laughs> we should get into that today. In many more ways than one. <laughs> um, so resentment, I've been actually being becoming more and more aware of this in the therapy that I've been doing with my clients because I realize how much it plays into relationship fear and attachment. And so that's been one of the big aha moments is being able to name resentment is really important because it allows us to tell us a couple things. So resentment tells us that we feel entitled to something Mm -hmm. and that entitlement came out of an obligation that we that someone else sometimes didn't fulfill or that we had signed up to have covered or it it makes me think a lot of victim role in the drama triangle often it's like i'm resenting someone else because i'm in the victim role but then i'm also because of how i'm actively pursuing this issue i'm also putting myself in this uh, persecutor role right so it's almost like a dual relationship with that Yeah, and it's very much that everything is happening to me, so I'm very out of control. That when we are in the drama triangle, we move out of control. We become a reactionary force versus anticipation. And anticipation Mm -hmm. moves us into creative and control um, in a healthy way, meaning that we can anticipate somebody might not meet my emotions or somebody might not do this the way I like and it's going to be okay. And the other component of resentment is uh, I'm not being authentic. So I'm being treated unfairly, something is unjust, or I'm not being authentic. It's a really big emotion that carries a lot of potential information. Mm-hmm. Authentic also means I'm not speaking my own truth. I wasn't being honest about what I expected and what I need in this situation. And that leads to a lot of resentment is when we're not being authentic in the way that we're not owning. I did it out of obligation or I actually expect you to show up differently. I think there's also, let's talk about the idea too, that there's resentment towards self when that happens. Often, very, very few times have I noticed there being this resentment towards someone else and there isn't one also towards um, ourselves, right? People with an addiction often resent themselves. Mm -hmm. Why can't I do better? Someone uh, with a trauma background has a great deal of shame. Shame and resentment can feel like two sides of the same coin. I'm Mm -hmm. such an idiot. I'm never going to be good enough. Fill in the blank. Or resentment in a relationship often. It's that idea of, well, I resent them for these actions, but then I also resent myself for staying. I resent myself for allowing this to happen. I resent myself for not having more foresight, you know, whatever it is. So I think... I think, yeah, that is a huge component. So resentment and shame are very tightly knit in a lot of interactions with people and with ourselves. And it's good to recognize that, that they can be very, they can be very good friends during those moments. (laughs) So unfortunately for us. 
I think it also, especially with early childhood trauma, but any trauma, when you have had your control taken away, that resentment comes in because you're stuck in that place where you do feel like you are not in control. And so learning, as we talked about the victim and the persecutor role, learning to move out of that drama triangle or learning not to wait for other people to rescue you is really important. But resentment serves as this way to avoid that uncomfortable primary emotion around hurt or fear or anxiety. And we move all of our focus to what everyone else is doing versus what we're doing. We realize we've talked a lot about the drama and triangle. We will go more in depth in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've just given a quick kind of oversight of what it is. But in a previous podcast. Yeah. yeah. And so, but if you have any questions, look it up. Um, but I think one of the big things with what you're talking about, too, though, of resentment is that that original definition of what is it trying to tell us? It is trying to tell us that something does feel unfair. Some need is not being met. Possibly some promises were made that weren't being kept, whether it be a promise to ourselves, a promise by someone else, even if it wasn't like, I think sometimes it, there's also this idea of like, I shouldn't feel resentment because they really never made that promise. Even if it was like a, um, assumed promise, right. That can also lead to resentment. And so Again, if we're back to our idea of this doesn't need to always necessarily be a bad thing, it's only when we dwell in resentment that it becomes a really unhealthy emotional situation for us. But having resentment, I don't think initially is a bad thing. It's just, again, one of those red flags of something is wrong and need of mine is not being met and there's not safety right now. And when we talk about it being an unhealthy emotion, we're not just talking about our emotional health. We're talking about our physical health as well. Yeah. It's one of the, I mean, resentment itself is not a four horsemen of Gottman, is it? No, it's... Um, no, resentment can be a sign of contempt. Which is part one of the yeah. four. Yeah. It would depend on what you do with the resentment. Mm-hmm. So, oh, go ahead, Jen. I was going to say resentment is... if we look at all emotion as information, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at resentment and you say, what is this trying to tell me? I want to go back to what Taylor brought in with the idea of authenticity. I'm out of authenticity with myself or with this person or with this situation. I'm not being fully transparent or aware. So my awareness may need to be raised. So for example, if I resent my spouse for one of many i can't even think of something you know you didn't do the dishes (laughs) you didn't you know whatever the the truth is is that if i'm looking at that and saying why am i so mad at myself okay i actually had this expectation that he would do the dishes or she would do the dishes and it didn't happen Mm -hmm. and now i'm holding on to that as a reason to feel unloved or uncared about in our relationship is that true And what if the opposite was true? What if I was actually still loved and safe even though the dishes weren't done? And you can move out of resentment too. And that goes back to what Taylor was saying. It's just like any unprocessed emotion, it's going to affect your physical health. Mm -hmm. So if you use it as a sign to say, like a check in engine light to say, hey, let's look into what's going on. What were my expectations? What's my truth? Then you can work through it. Mm -hmm. So resentment can lead to cancer 
<laughs> Sorry, that was we're the gonna, worst transition in the history. We're just going to start it off big. <laughs> if there's a, an award for worst transition in podcast history, I'm, I'm waiting for it in the mail. Yeah, so. you're good. <laughs> Wait, are we going to compete for that? <laughs> I, I'm hoping. Yes. I will take my glove out. Cancer is a great transition. Yes. <laughs> so, so resentment um, studies are showing uh, can be like a carcinogen, it can uh, lead to cancer. It's a huge risk factor. It can uh, lead to UTIs, very frequent UTIs. Yeah, so especially in the sex therapy realm, which is an area that I've been studying more and doing more certification in, um, it's actually, so going back to the idea of Gottman and contempt, it's resentment is often very much linked to that emotion of contempt. Um, and I mean, when you first hear it, it's like, oh, so the person getting the UTI or the person getting the cancer, they're the one who is in contempt all the time. No, it's also, it's just the atmosphere that resentment and contempt create. So I've had um, a couple case studies that I've been, you know, reading and looking at where there have been these people who have been in relationships where the partner is being very contemptuous and resentful like resentful and the partner who is on the victim end of that or the receiving end of that they're the ones getting all the health situations because of the atmosphere that that partner who has resentment is creating their partner in turn is actually the one who is on the receiving end of those health issues and it's not until that relationship either goes into a healthier space or is ended that the partner who's getting all of the, you know, UTIs or different, um, you know, physical maladies, those are resolved. And so you can try to treat the symptoms of the physical ailment, but they're going to continue to be persistent with that person until they're out of that resentful uh, relationship. So it's, it's really interesting to see how that, how that all works out. Well, and it pull that lens even back a little bit further as you're talking about just not in couples, but then family systems yes, where there's yeah. major medical issues. We're going back to poor self-care because we're not being authentic about our stress or what's not being said. I hear about family systems where they'll say, we don't talk about hard things. Mm-hmm. You're going to resent that. There's no family system where you don't talk about hard things and somebody's not resenting that. What's going to happen is is that that resentment is going to build up and then people are going to feel entitled to be mad at the family. And then you have someone try to talk about the hard things and what happens? Well, then they resent the the change because they're uncomfortable. They're the problem. No, these aren't problems. You're making these problems and then resentment is an issue for everyone. Mm-hmm. So to stay in resentment, you have to be entitled. It actually takes a lot of work to stay in resentment too. It's not like once you're there, it's like, yeah, easy, easy stay. I think once you're there, it's like, you have to actively make that choice to continue to stay in there. It's a, yeah, staying in that entitlement, I don't think is just a walk in the park. Like props to those who do it. <laughs> in a really weird messed up way but i'm not gonna give them props but <laughs> i will say that but there's they're working harder than they need to oh absolutely right it yeah well, well let's go to one part of resentment where it's i'm being treated unfairly or there um there's injustice in my life and it doesn't necessarily need to be entitlement to stay there there's entitlement to stay in 
I'm being inauthentic because that's something we can fix all on our own. But mm-hmm. um, are there situations in life where there is unfairness or there is injustice that's out of our control? Well, and there absolutely is situations. That's what trauma is made out of is when we are stuck in a situation that's out of our control, that's unhealthy for us. And so in those situations, we are going to feel resentment and we're even going to feel entitlement to some things that I would agree you're entitled to, like emotional and physical safety. And so you're going to do things. And this goes back to our limbic system response that we've talked about, the fight, fight, freeze, fawn response. You're going to do things to move into physical or emotional safety that may not feel rational or may not be authentic, but they're going to get us to that those base needs of physical and emotional safety. I resented my biological father super, super bad um, when I was 15. He was a, what he still is, a really unsafe person. And uh, I was like, nope, but this time I'm going to get an apology. I'm going to have him take responsibility for being uh, fill in your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a jerk. Like, Yes, I know that Jen. word's not strong enough, but I'm going to give you. I the was word trying jerk. to get through my Rolodex to something podcast appropriate, and it was taking a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, we had this session with, we'll call him a mediocre to below average therapist, but below average therapists get the job done all the time. And uh, he was, my biological father was talking about how hard his life is and didn't mention anything of what he's done for me and um, shared some really uh, crazy stories. I'm going to use crazy in the clinical sense, like just not in reality. And I had this moment of clarity of like, oh, oh, we're not sharing reality. Oh, okay. I I don't get to expect anything from you. Uh, okay, this is this is good information. This okay, yeah. And my whole worldview changed, and then I no longer resented him, and that made a really big difference in my life. <laughs> yeah. So even though I was entitled to safety from him, I had to make changes so that I was safe from him. And I love what you just said, right, is you actually pulled out of the resentment through this authentic understanding of we're not in reality. Therefore, that validated that what happened to you wasn't right. There wasn't just a fairness in it. And it, it instead of getting an apology from somebody who's not rational, they're not going to apologize. You were able to say, I can accept that your lack of apology is just another sign that you are irrational. Mm hmm. Well, it's, it's back to that idea of as a parent, you don't just force your children to say, I'm sorry, just so they can get in the habit of saying sorry without meaning it, right? You work with them about understanding it. But if you're, you know, if you're working with someone who doesn't quite understand the meaning of why you say I'm sorry, then you, again, rather than becoming resentful for the fact they didn't, quote, do the right thing, right? You look at it and you say, okay, why we need to go back to square one with it. And so when it comes to resentment, I think you bring up a really great point, both of you with that of just, are we, what are we, how are we expecting to resolve this feeling? Right. How are we expecting to resolve it again? Like Jen said, like, is it an apology? Like with Taylor, it's the idea of like, maybe it's an apology. Maybe it's just an acknowledgement of realizing something was wrong. Right. What is that? But in the end, it's more the idea of how, 
Yeah. One line of dialogue. My bad. Yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. But some people can't do that. Right. No, he, he can't. Well, and, and Haley, one of the questions you're asking is really important, which is to get curious about, are there other ways to resolve what you feel entitled to yeah. or other ways to see it? And, and curiosity can move us out of resentment and appreciation mm -hmm. in Taylor's case for someone being crazy and saying, oh, you are clinically crazy. Okay. So I can move into a different space now that I have that authentic information. Whereas mm -hmm. a child, you're told that all adults are rational beings. Not yeah, true. adults know what to do. They're the ones, they're the be all end all. But it, it brings us to that question. How do you resolve resentment? Right? Like, so just full disclosure, yesterday, I was in a very resentful mood. And so <laughs> very resentful mood. <laughs> Stop laughing. I'm sorry. This it helps to have a chat yeah. thread with three therapists and involved. I, <laughs> so very, very. And we have two people like, absolutely. And also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with the three of us, we're never all three on the same page of getting into that mood. Someone always keeps their head above water. So that's always great. Yeah. <laughs> but talking about it. Um, but honestly, first of all, I think for me to resolve resentment, I first have to air it out in some way. Either I'm writing it down to myself, I'm talking to someone about it. I just need to put it, because when it's in my head, I can come up with every backlog reason of why it's okay, right? And I don't think that's a bad thing. It means I'm very intelligent. But it's one of those things where I need to get it out of that and look at it in a different perspective and sometimes I can catch it when I write it down or I put it in a text and then I look it back and I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty, you know, resentful. I was going to say a different word, but I don't want to click the explicit mark next to our <laughs> podcast this week. But not this week, <laughs> not this week. Stay tuned. Um, no, but it's I I was looking at it and I I looked at that and it was funny because I. I'd processed through this before I had a group last night, but even during the group, I was looking at it and they were talking about resentment and stuff. And I was like, I, did, I kept it to myself. So I was like, this is too fresh. I can't bring this up in group right now to be like, I recently had it. And I know the minute I bring this up, it's going to bring it all up again. And I'm not quite ready, but it's been a night. So we're good. The first step for me was recognizing it and getting it out there in some other form besides in my head. And then from there, it was looking at the feedback and realizing too, like for me, I, I didn't just put it for myself. I gave it for feedback with my friends that I trust, um, which were these guys. And so it was great. And then what ended up happening is from there, I was able to be like, okay, tell me where I'm off. Tell me what's going on. Right. And Jen was able to come up and be like, okay, this is what I'm seeing. And the great thing about it too, is that I picked a safe source to go to for it because Jen wasn't like you a mess, right? She wasn't <laughs> a nice way, but she definitely wasn't in this mode of like, how could you feel that way? And the shaming, she was very much met with curiosity with it, right? She was like, tell me more about why you feel that way. Tell me more about what you think you want to resolve out of this. Like what's going on. And for me, I realized I was able to sort out it was okay to look at it and say, this part is resentment, but this other part isn't really resentment. It's the fact of I'm feeling misunderstood and hurt. And it's not necessarily I'm going into resentment with that, but it's just noticing and being able to validate that is an unjust situation. But this is where I'm going into resentment with that scenario, right? And what a great example of getting authentic with what was going on. And instead of looking for the answer externally, looking internally. 
Mm-hmm. I want to share an, a different example of resentment. We've talked a little bit about family resentment. We've talked about resentment in other situations. As I think about this, I think one of the biggest resentments in my life has been with my own health that I resented being unhealthy and being judged physically when I, um, for being overweight, being shunned in the dating world and those kinds of things. And being told if I was just showing up differently, then I could be loved and accepted. That was very much a place of, I was in resentment for a long time. I felt entitled to love because I was a good person. I felt obligated to continue to, um, just kind of hold my own and love myself. And it's interesting because a lot of those things are good. But when I look back, I see how resentful, angry, unhealthy I was about that thought versus being curious and saying, okay, let's get really honest. What am I, what can I own and what can I not own? And what am I willing to do? And I attempted several things before I found something that worked for me, but it allowed me to move from that, again, that victim or even that seeing everyone else as a persecutor place to being able to say, I get to decide what I want to create with my health. Sure, there are challenges that I experience, but I also can find resources to help me. And that was very empowering because I was very much, I think I called myself for a long time, the president of the Fat and Happy Club, which was a lie and inauthentic, but it was what I was telling myself to live in a world I felt out of control in. Mm-hmm. So looking just in summation, looking and wrapping up with how do we deal with resentment? I think we have to call it out in ourselves, not in like a brutal way, but in a way of just alerting ourselves that it's there. If we're in a relationship with someone that there's resentment, I think also just bringing it up there too. I mean, in a challenger type way, not in a way that's going to persecute or cause that shame, but in a way of saying, I'm feeling this and I'm not imagining it you know, I, this needs to be addressed. We got to look at what's going on. Right. I have a, I have a client I've been working with and he in part of his recovery work is working through resentment and he had made a list of different resentments and has worked through it. And by naming them, he was able to bring some of the ones that were stuck that he had a hard Mm -hmm. time overcoming to therapy. And I've seen him work through those and release those. And I've seen that both in his recovery, he's been more strong, but also in all the other relationships that we weren't even talking about, he's been able to move into a lot of Mm self-compassion and an empowerment. And so when you feel stuck, it's always good to reach out to somebody else, whether it be like Haley was saying, a friend that is a safe space or a therapist and saying, hey, I see this this way, but it's not serving me. What could I see differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the best way to move out of resentment, just to recap, is to uh, either become authentic where we weren't authentic or to forgive Um, like just wipe the ledger clean Uh, or in some cases do what would be called exoneration it's not the same as forgiveness it's not for it's not letting go of the debt it's just saying you know what I'm never going to get from this person what I need to get Mm -hmm. the debt is still there but I'm not going to continue pursuing collections and so I'm just going to close the account I'm not going to lend any more credit to this person so I'm going to just set it aside so that I'm no longer putting in more time and energy there. Um, And so that would also look like placing new or holding existing boundaries in in our life. 
those are the ways to move out of resentment. An exoneration is meant to serve you by reducing the amount of energy you're putting into collecting a debt you won't get. It's not about the other person. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Exoneration serves us. Forgiveness serves us. Can forgiveness be a nice gift to the other person? Sure. Can you also forgive someone that has passed on or is otherwise not in our life? Absolutely. Can you forgive someone without ever letting them know because they're not safe to be in our life or um, for whatever other reason you're not in contact? Absolutely. Forgiveness isn't about the other person either, mm-hmm. nor are our boundaries. Our boundaries are about us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We would love to hear from you.